It's a beautiful new week in October and it's super exciting to come your way again on the Green Living Chats podcast. You're welcome to today's episode. My name is David and I'm your host on this podcast. Do you know anything about electronic waste and its impact on the environment? Do you even know how electronic waste is being recycled? Hold on a second because today Upcyclers Ghana are here to tell us about e-waste recycling in Ghana. Sometimes you hear e-waste, electronic waste, e-scrap, end-of-life electronics. All these terms according to the EPA are used for electronics that are nearing the end of useful life and are discarded, donated or given to a recycler. But this is not always the case since e-waste end up in different parts of the environment and the proper treatment is actually scarce all over the world and its impact on our health and the environment is overwhelming. And on today's podcast conversation, Agudo Kweku Agabas, who is the CEO and co-founder of Upcyclers in Ghana, joined me to discuss e-waste recycling in Ghana and what Upcyclers are doing about it. The issue of e-waste recycling in Ghana, it's also an issue. He said that. The main gap here is the technology and basically the infrastructure in recycling most of these electronic appliances. The demand of this sector here is, is really huge and we sort of need a lot to be done in this regard. So Upcyclers is an e-waste management startup based in Tamale, um, Northern Ghana, using data analysis, education, and as well as technology to solve the problem of improper disposal of electronic waste. So in today's conversation, we talked about the impact of e-waste on the environment and on our health, how we can actually contribute to helping in recycling of e-waste, what is the role of the government, what is the role of individuals and in the industry, and what upcyclers are doing to help. Obviously, upcyclers have big dreams of expanding Ghana's e-waste recycling to build a sustainable business to solve environmental problems in Ghana. So let us dive into this exciting conversation as we talk to Agudo Kweku Agabas. But before we get into this, why don't you share this podcast with a friend and help us to reach new listeners on this episode because we really want to get this conversation to others so that we can know what is happening in the environment and how we can also contribute to it. Review us or share your comments on any platform where you're listening to this podcast or visit our website at www.glcpodcast.echoamethsolutions.com or get into the show notes for details on how to get in touch with us. So grab a coffee and let's get into this exciting episode with Upcyclers. You are listening to the Green Living Chat podcast, a podcast where we discuss emerging environmental issues around the world and to find sustainable solutions. I'm your host, David Ewisimensa. We use this platform to support environmental-related initiatives, researches, and projects. This podcast is brought to you by Ecoamet Solutions in Ghana with a mission to going back to green. 
So join us on this train with new episodes this and every Sunday. Here we go. Hello, Agabas. Thank you so much for joining me on the Green Living Chat podcast. And I'm really happy that we can have a chat today. So you're welcome to the podcast today. Yeah, David, thank you very much for having me. I'm super, super excited to be on your podcast today to actually share with what upcyclists we're doing in the northern parts of Ghana. Thank you very much. What makes me very excited about our generation that I see a lot of youth starting their own thing. And when it comes to environmental sustainability initiatives, I, I get really, really excited. So really, I've been following your work for some time now. I've seen the things that you guys are doing. So really, congratulations on what you do and big ups to all your team. I wish that maybe one day we could have all of them together. But hey, big ups to all your team for the good work. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, David. Um, it's actually a pleasure to contribute our quota in um, solving the environmental issues we face in Ghana as well. So it's personally something we are actually taking it personal and um, putting in more effort to see a sustainable outcome. Yeah, I actually had a conversation with one of my friends, Ellie, this week, telling them that we have startups in Ghana who are doing something related to electronic waste and uh, recycling. So they were very enthused about it. I mean, I think it's very exciting to have this conversation. Let's get to know a little bit about you. How did this interest come? And actually, let's, let's go a little bit further, right? How was your childhood experience and who brought you into sustainability? Wow, you get me back to my childhood. So basically, I grew up in a small town called Bupe in the Savannah region in the northern Ghana. I've always had this sense of leadership in me. So literally, I am the elderly son of my mom. She is a single mom who took care of us, like we mostly four. She took care of us from our childhood until date. So um, me experiencing the struggles she actually went through to bring us, I promised myself to be a businessman, to really get more money to take good care of my mom. So <laughs> that was there. <laughs> but then the question was, um, basically, what type of business would I be doing? What idea would I be pursuing that I had no answer to? Okay, so that really influenced my decision in studying uh, business in my senior high school and as well as accounting in, in the university, okay? But on the line, there was this one thing that actually I'm always concerned about is my environment, my surrounding. I always want to have a cleaner environment. Like, I, I really hate seeing people littering around, okay? So I usually quarrel with my colleagues and friend when they actually <laughs> keep things like nasty around and all that so through that the the passion i have in me and and all that mostly i'm also an avid user of electronic appliances so in my childhood i could fix set up all these sort of electronic appliances setting up a television operating a phone even operating a laptop i i can really do it on my own without someone nobody, was a genius um, <laughs> taking me through all those things so um so it was in 2019 i actually found a purpose with my interest and um, basically my educational background to start something really looking at yeah i want to 
hubs of issues with regards to environment, but then how can I also sort of generate revenue out of what I'm doing? Okay, so mostly the purpose and my interest is to build sustainable business that have the complement of solving environmental issues. So yeah, that's how it started. Wow, beautiful story. First of all, I want to say shout outs to your mom. She is amazing. I respect single moms, single parents. I respect women. I respect parents who actually put a lot of efforts to get their kids on their toes and teach them very good things. So first of all, thank you, mommy, for everything you've done for Agabus. And I'm very interested to know how the journey was for you when you wanted to start upcyclers because really as we started talking about earlier we realized that there are a lot of youth in ghana right now and people are complaining about unemployment but we realized that there's another side of the population or the youth who are really very enthused but they actually don't know where to start from probably your story can encourage someone how was the steps for you what were the baby steps that you took did you start volunteering to some places or for you, you got some money and then you just went to register a company. How was it for you? Yeah, so interestingly, that was in 2019 in my final year in the university. Um, I actually participated in a hackathon organized by GIZ in partnership with um, one of the prominent entrepreneurship hub in Tamale. It was into finding sustainable solutions in solving the e-waste issues we have in Ghana. Okay, so through that program, I really had a lot of enlightenment on electronic waste. And together with my team, we actually emerged one of the top three winners of the competition. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, that was when I actually saw the need. I really saw the opportunity that I can really make an impact in the sector. Okay. So with my knowledge in business and with my passion towards the environment, I think this will be the perfect step forward for me to actually challenge myself and come up with something great for my community to help me, as I mentioned, take good care of my mom as well. So that was then I truly took it upon myself. So the interesting part is within the competition, we had a little um, award we were given. I think it was about 700 Ghana cities or so. I actually suggested to my team, Charlie, I think this is a good fault. So we should use this money to start something. But then somewhere like me, I am a nurse and this is not my sector. <laughs> Other was also saying, okay, she she was in school, so probably I really understood. So then I, we we actually shared the money among ourselves. So the little I had, I actually registered for an incubation programs. I'm still on the popping academy incubation program. So that was there. I learned a lot in entrepreneurship. I was actually um, volunteering for the hub as well. So it, it really exposed me to a whole lot of things. And with the help of all mentors and um, people around me, I was able to come up with this excellent idea of cyclists that we currently pursuing. Nice. I love the story. I think this could encourage someone really because people are very confused about where to start from. And I think that when you're about to start something like this, you also should be ready to sacrifice certain things. Like you just had to 
give up your portion of the money and use it to invest in, in yourself as well. Congratulations. And I know that probably along the journey, things are going to be really good for you. And for sure, we're going to talk a little bit about your company. But before we get into um, details of upcyclers, I want us to talk a little bit about the problem of electronic waste pollution in Ghana. This is a very hot topic. I'm sure that since you even went into a competition right at the beginning, you've done a lot of research into this. Can we get to know a little bit about what is the current status of electronic waste pollution in Ghana? Whenever I speak with people on upcyclers and electronic waste, one of the questions I usually get is, what is electronic waste? What is e-waste? So electronic waste is basically any sort of electronic appliances or electrical gadgets we have in our homes. Um, We use all around in the office and stuff. But then due to um, certain circumstances, they are not needed again, or probably they are not working, or they are actually getting to the end of its useful life. All right, so it becomes electronic waste when there is no need for us using it anymore. It has broken down, becomes obsolete. Worldwide, electronic waste is known to be the world's fastest growing waste stream. And according to the Global E-Waste Monitor, we generate over 53.6 million tons of electronic waste each and every year. It is also estimated to increase to 74.6 7 million metric tons by 2030, if nothing is done on that regard. But then only and only 17 to 20% of this whole waste is being collected and recycled. So mostly the 80% is found in our landfill. Moreover, e-waste also represents 2% of the solid waste stream we have in the world, and also 70% of the hazardous waste. So Ghana actually generates over 280,000 tons of electronic waste, according to the the Ghana e-waste assessment that was done. But then the source of this e-waste generation in Ghana is through the importation of secondhand electronic and electrical appliances into the country. So there was this findings that actually stated that each and every month, over 600 pieces of 40 feet container filled with electrical and electronic appliances is being shipped into Ghana each and every month. All right, so imagine if a month we have a full container filled with electronic appliances in to the country, but then when it comes only 70%, or 30% of this product works. Mostly the 70% is either getting to its end of its useful life or even waste, okay? And with people patronaging and these appliances, they use it a couple of times a month. It got broken. Moreover, because these appliances are not manufactured in Ghana, having access to some of the parts in them to really replace is also a hurdle. Okay, so most of these appliances end up in places like Agogoshi. Moreover, when you walk around the street, we also see a whole lot of um, electronic appliances, especially in Tamale. Like when you walk around, you see a whole lot of electronic appliances in the repair shops, along our roadside, being dumped there indiscriminately without nothing being done about it. Okay, so this is basically something that is actually a problem in in Ghana. The main 
pinpoint where we stepped in was because we are located in the northern part of Ghana and due to increase in unemployment in our part here. So mostly the young men and women here migrate to the south like Accra to actually get to get to make yeah. money. But mostly they find themselves in Agogloshi in the scrapyard being scavengers dismantling this electronic waste, burning them, polluting the environment, and they also actually causing more harm to the health. Over 4,000 young men and women in, in northern Ghana each and every year goes to Accra. I think you, you said a lot of things in this half, and it's very important for us to stress on the point that, I mean, in as much as sources of electronic waste um, in Ghana are similar to what happens in other countries, one of the things that is making Ghana's case worse is the importation of secondhand products from outside. I know that this is a very sensitive and political issue because it has to do with policies and how do these materials get on the, into the country. Our conversation is not going to go into there, but what I think that, because of course we might not be able to have the good answers, we need the right organizations to answer to these questions, but you already made mention about the impact it has on people's health. We have a lot of people from the North coming down to Accra to find jobs. They cannot find jobs, but so they end up going to these landfill of secondhand e-waste practically. But we know that Agboloshi is not the only place where waste e-waste is being dumped. I know there are several places. I'm sure that you might be aware of them that you can mention some of it to us. But whilst you mention some of these spots, can you also mention what are some of the impacts that the e-waste pollution that is occurring at these different places is affecting the ecosystem? You've talked a little bit about um, health, but maybe you can touch a little bit on our economy, the ecosystem, and practically maybe the society as a whole. In Ghana, the informal recyclers are really those dominating in, in the sector. Mostly when you walk around, you see a whole lot of joints like scrap yards in the, in the town. Like within 10 kilometers, you see a scrap yard actually who are really migrants coming into the country to buy most of these electronic waste from homes and people to also dismantle them and then make a living out of it. Okay, so mostly these are quite the real solutions people are putting forth to firstly to sustain themselves, to create a sort of employability for themselves and also make a living out of it. The informal sector actually is one of the dominating factor in this industry to the extent that they also employ other people to work under them. It's actually a dicey situation, but what is really not good about their way of dealing with business is that they deal with electronic waste in, in, in a way that actually most of these toxic chemicals really found themselves into the environment as well. Okay, so most of the practices is the bane, most of the suppliers is to extract some precious metals out of them. And with regards to fridges, most of these cushion found in them are being left onto the environment whereby these things omit the carbon footprint into atmosphere. 
Yeah, I think that you've actually mentioned quite a lot of important uh, points in there. From what you're saying and what I'm gathering, there is actually a very obvious gap in our e-waste recycling system, whereby we have an unregulated informal recycling system, which abides by no standards, abides by no regulations, abides by no institutions, which is actually making their operations have a lot of impact on on the environment, on their health, and actually the society as well. I mean, I'm very excited about the fact that recently I heard on the news that one of the largest dump sites in the world, which happens to be in Ghana, has been cleared. And I think it's a very good initiative, but I know that there are other sports, there are other areas in Ghana which still needs work to be done. So from your angle, what is the gap? I mean, you've already made mention of some, but can you highlight mainly what you see as the gap in our e-waste recycling system in Ghana? Basically, comparing Ghana to other African countries, I think there is a, a sort of gap in between these. Basically, Ghana, in terms of policies, there are a lot of written policy, drafted policy, um, regulating this system in Ghana. So we have the Hazardous and Electronic Waste Control and Management Act, and we also have the technical guidelines on environmental sound e-waste management, which was done in 2018. So these are all some of the um, policies and regulations being drafted, but then the thing is implementing is slow. The main gap here is the technology and basically the infrastructure in recycling most of these electronic appliances. So currently I actually can post off any real like formal recycling company actually collecting electronic waste in tons and recycling them with the right recycling plant machineries and storage facility and all that. Okay, we have a few doing great in that aspect, but then the demand of this sector here is, is really huge and we sort of need a lot to be done in this regard. So mostly the notable aspect is just that the absence of a commercial sustainable recycling business in Ghana is really the something that is lacking in Ghana. We conducted a survey to really understand the knowledge base of people on electronic waste. And then we realized that most people don't even know who they can even dispose electronic waste to. Bridging that gap in Ghana would really be an essential thing to move forward with. I actually really agree with what you're saying. There is a wide gap, but I I want us to uh, talk a little bit about, you highlighted something that there is actually no institution that is doing this, let's say, rightly with the right equipment and the good standards and I mean, on a large scale and all that. And I think that this is something that probably maybe if there are any investors listening to this uh, podcast, you should actually find the work that AppCyclist is doing as a good opportunity to also invest into this industry, because I think there's a wide market for this. Agabas, I want you to give a short message of education to someone. We've said so many things, some, some are very technical, some people might not really relate to it, but in simple terms, What is the impact of e-waste pollution on the environment and why should we consider it as a problem? E-waste 
in general have toxic chemicals embedded in them. So mostly some of the, the health issues that come forth as a result of electronic waste is firstly, community members or people living around the place in which such an activity is ongoing would really result in respiratory diseases. So with rainfall and sunshine, all these toxic chemicals leach into our soil and water bodies. The same water we drink, these are the same land that we do a whole lot of farming activities on. Mostly these toxic chemicals embedded in electronic appliances really contribute to we or the farmers having a low yield basically there is a lot to be done in this aspect but just that people not aware of this okay so there is the need to let people become subconsciously aware and then probably be able to do something about that Okay, so just a quick one. To commence the International E-Waste Day, Upcyclers is collaborating with Create Seed Set to organize an e-waste collection and repair drive in Tomale. Go down into the show notes for details of this program and how you can be part of this. Now let's get back into today's conversation. Perfect. So if you're listening to this, all you're saying is that electronic waste, if it's dumped improperly or just left in the environment, just like that, there are so many impacts, just like we see um, rubbish in uh, in the markets, in the gutters, in, in the water channels, in the waterways, in the water bodies, the same way it has impact on our water bodies, our soil, our health. Really, this is an advocacy message. We also want to plead on the um, stakeholders who are in charge, municipal um, leaders, the governments, the ministers, the MPs, please make good policies to regulate the management of these things. And so, Akavas, tell us a little bit about Upcyclers and what you guys do. Upcyclers is an e-waste management startup based in Tamale, um, northern Ghana, using data analysis, education, and as well as technology to solve the problem of improper disposal of electronic waste. We provide upcycling solution through e-waste collection services, e-waste recycling, e-waste education, in the whole goal to promote a safer greener environment in Ghana and Africa at large. So currently we have our flagship products being a web-based platform that facilitates the collection and safe disposal of e-waste from individual homes, offices, with just a click of a button and then we can pick your waste up for safer storage and for upcycling purposes as well. On the same platform, we have an e-commerce platform that we upcycle most of the electronic waste we collect from people, repairers. We upcycle them into artifacts and jewelries, that picture frames and lot that we then sell on our e-commerce platform um, for people to purchase. Nice. So, I mean, you made mention of some of the initiatives that you have taken, but can you tell us a little bit specifically about some of the projects and success stories that you've had? I mean, just for us to uh, know what you guys are doing over the years. 
basically as i made mentioned earlier on that was in 2020 when we officially started we needed to understand the jurisdiction like the markets in which we are about to operate so we conducted a survey so that was basically one of the initiative we took upon ourselves to actually ascertain the understanding base of people on an electronic waste yeah, with regards to the effects on their health as well as the environment. So we had positive response out of that. We were able to get to know and come up with strategies based on the positive information we had of the survey. That actually influenced most of the solutions we are adopting now. Okay, so moving forward, last year we organized an e-waste awareness campaign whereby we had social media advocacy. We also had webinars with world endowed speakers who are actually in the waste management industry, not basically in Ghana, but then across. We had one from Germany speaking to our community. We have one from Berlin as well. So it was really something that really encouraged a lot of the youth in our community that they began to develop more interest in that subject. So we really realize that people are having more interest in it. So in 2020, we organized an Edu-Waste Radio Tour. So the Edu-Waste Radio Tour was like a tour we were visiting on radio stations in Tamale. Okay, so we shortlisted about eight radio stations and then we go there to educate people on electronic waste, how we generate electronic waste, the causes of electronic waste and how people can keep their electronic appliances so that it wouldn't result into waste within a short possible time. Then we've partnered with a lot of startups and most of the advocacies uh, as well. Yeah, impressive. I, I think that you guys are doing a really incredible job. But so far, how are people responding to these advocacy message training and, you know, all that? How are people responding to this? To date, we have a lot of positive response because especially through the radio engagement, we had a lot of people calling in to actually get to know more people asking questions and also encouraging us on what we are doing to keep on doing it. And through all these um, activities, we're able to secure um, some sort of partnerships that would actually help us um, scale up in, in our operation. So it has really been positive. We've really had um, some support in our community. Currently, we even have one intern working with us just because because she got to hear us on the radio station and she was more oh, nice. um, impressed and really wanted to join the team. Actually, I should be volunteering very soon. I think the work you're doing is, is really amazing. I think that is very impressive and uh, we really need to start being our own solutions, right? Of course, I know that these kind of initiatives do not come so easily. And in as much as you haven't been in existence for so many years, I think that you're still you've already started facing a lot of challenges, right? I want us to talk a little bit about the challenges, not for saying sake, but actually to try and discuss how we can solve these problems or how you are actually already solving these problems and how 
the public and also the government can also help solve some of these challenges. So what are some of the things that you are facing so far that you will call challenges? I would say the recycling industry is really one of the capital intensive industry that we operate in. So you would have to get a lot of financial support before you'll be able to do great in that aspect. Okay, so currently most of the challenges we really face is constraints of resources. And secondly, with regards to policies and regulation governing the sector, you would have to meet certain standards before you would be able to do a couple of um, activities index expert okay so just because we are startup starting from scratch with little um, funding from basically our funding is really jet towards um, bootstrapping from family and friends um we, we actually don't have the capacity to really do more index expert but then there is a whole lot of demand in, on grounds that we need to be able to catch up with the legal um, regulations, certification, that actually also requires a lot of money. That is one. Moreover, with logistics, okay, so this is actually a logistic-based operation. Currently, what we actually do is we indulge in mini collection. Because of the regulations and, and policy governing, even the collection of electronic waste, just because of the hazardous um, components and this. We, we are really selective on what we pick, like on what we collect from people. Okay, so we mostly focus on some of the main components of electronic waste that we need to enable us build most of our artifacts and then the upcycling products we really indulge in. Okay, so Basically, for now, the platform we use as a means, but we deal directly with the with the repairers on ground. We have a community of these informal recyclers that, with the help of the government and then the ministry, they are now formulated. Okay, so coming back, there are a lot of initiatives being implemented by the GIZ and then the ministry to help solve this problem. Okay, so there are a whole lot of informal um, recyclers around that have the capacity and then have most of the resources helping solving this. Uh, we can obviously see some of the loopholes and actually some of the areas where we can collaborate as well and we can support as well because this vision is actually to help the country, it's actually to help our communities. So let's come together. We can turn all the challenges into solutions. We can turn all the limitations and loopholes and actually help them to achieve this goal, enhancing e-waste uh, recycling. Let's get in touch. I actually love this part of um, my conversation every time I'm talking to someone in, in the industry who talk about their challenges because it's actually areas where people can see to collaborate. In the future, what should we expect from upcyclers? What are some of the things that uh, you're hoping to achieve? Should everything go on well with you? What is a dream? Currently, we're planning something on October, being the International E-Waste Day globally. So we are planning on collection drive 
that would actually be one of its kind. So currently in talk with some of the regulatory bodies around, as well as some um, startups who are also into this expert, but then a bit further ahead of us. So we, we can come together to do a collection drive in October in Tamale. Okay. And we also have more plans in setting up a collection centers in Tamale to fasten up the collection of electronic waste because during our survey, we realized that people do not know who apart from the informal recyclers around, but then they'll always want to know a regulated body that are recycling electronic waste that they know that their appliances they are giving out is really in good hands just because of like data protections um, policies around. You know, mostly these electronic appliances we use our whole life is on it with our information, our data on it. So mostly when someone is giving or giving this electronic out for recycling or disposing it off, they really want to know whether it's really in good hands. Okay, so we look forward to set up most collection centers around Tamale as our starting point and even move further to um, other parts of the countries as well. We currently, we are on UNICEF Startup Lab Acceleration Program and it's really been awesome. We've really been exposed to a lot of people in this industry that we currently in communication with. That was last week we were onboarded on Mixed Express acceleration competition that we look forward to actually get a sort of grants. As you may mention, we are also open for strategic partnership to really have a greater impact. Sure, sounds really good. I really encourage people to reach out to you. I'm going to put details to Agabas and his company in the show notes. So anyone who would like to get in contact or is interested in collaborating, please do and reach out to them and yeah, build a partnership and let's see what we can come out with this as solutions to our environmental uh, problems. This is the part where I really want us to get a little bit um, real about what is happening in the society, right? So we've already talked about e-waste, the problem that is causing when it's polluting the environment, the impact it has on our health, ecosystem, the economy, the society, and everything. We've talked about what upcyclers are doing and what they hope to achieve in the future and how we can also collaborate with them. But I think what we all don't want is that more electronic waste will be produced every day into the environment. What do you think is the problem? What is the root? Now, we, we don't want to talk specifically about Ghana, but what do you think is the root cause? I've been having a lot of conversation with people on different topics, but I see that generally our high consumption rates has actually increased the amount of waste that we see, the volumes of waste that we see all around the world. Because right now, you made mention of how an e-product could become an e-waste. And it's just because someone sees it not to be performing any use anymore for him, and then he rejects it. But we see phones, new models coming in each and every day. We see people going in for the new phones. What happened to the old ones? Phones and machines are being produced each and every day. And that is how come we have tons of machines coming to our shores 
each and every month, practically all the time, right? In your opinion, what do you think is the cause? And what do you also think we can do to reduce electronic waste pollution? Due to technological advancements, that is one, and our design and our attitude towards, let's say, the consumption of these electronic appliances is really the mighty or greater contribution in regenerating a whole lot of electronic um, waste in our system. What I would actually contribute to this is within the line, within the value chain, there are a whole lot of stakeholders involved in this. Okay, so we have the producers, we have the retailers and mostly we the consumers, okay? And moreover, people regulating all the activities on ground here. So with all these stakeholders, so for instance, manufacturers, I would say should have a system that would help collect most of their products. Moreover, when manufacturers produce these electronic appliances, they know the lifespan in which um, these electronic appliances would last. Okay, so there should be a system that would actually help collect back most of these electronic appliances that are no longer in use or become obsolete or probably outdated. Okay, and, and secondly, we the consumers too, our attitude towards the using of electronic appliances is also something that we have to step back and think through. Okay, so these days when there is any latest device in the market, we really want to have access to it just because we have basically the resources in purchasing that. Our attitude towards the use of electronic appliances should also be checked. And then um, we should always make it topmost priority that our electronic appliances we no longer use. is either we donate it out, we give it out to a friend, or basically we sell it to people that might actually be in need of them, either than keeping them in our homes, in our cardboard, Probably in the near future, you'll be moving out. You, you wouldn't know that there is this sort of appliances in my cardboard. Then it end up in the environment. Mostly, we should be able to give most of these appliances out. And with government policies, most of these um, policies should be um, implemented with regards to mostly the producers of these appliances. Okay, I know in the act, there are certain clauses that actually states that most of these manufacturing and producers should be paying um, taxes that will actually help it. But then probably it should be muchly enforced so that they'll be able to get most of this electronic waste out of their environment as well. Generally, it's, it's actually well known that the efforts that we are putting into production is not the same efforts that we are putting into making sure that these resources come back to us for us to probably upcycle them or recycle them into 
something else for it to get back into the system. And I think what you're saying is practically um, what we mean by contributing to circular economy in the system. So I think that at national level, regional level, provincial levels, we have to really try and make a system better whereby the rate at which we are producing should be practically equal to the rate at which we are upcycling and recycling because we cannot keep going in for raw materials whilst we already have good resources already in the system. And I think generally these are some of the things that we have to do from you know the top level. And also we consumers, as you mentioned as well, should be also very concerned about uh, the way we consume and the way we just go in for new things just because we can purchase it. But actually, there is this conversation I had with um, an economist, and uh, she made me understand that the value of every product that we buy is not actually the real value of it, because sometimes we cannot put price on the actual quality or value of, of a resource. Yeah, because sometimes we just go and just buy the things, but when it gets into the environment and it's polluting the environment, the cost and the um, money that we have to put into repairing and actually retrieving or regenerating that system, it's just more than what we could have used if we actually just recycled or find a good way to solve it. So I think these are some of the general issues that we need to tackle. And thank you so much, um, Agabas, for uh, joining me today to talk about uh, these kind of things are very, very significant. Um, in, in your opinion, and most of the things that you're doing uh, in your with your team in upcyclers. Um, if you have the chance to change just one thing about the human behavior towards the environment, what would it be? We humans should adopt the mindset of basically using the tree out. So repairing our electronic appliances, that is one. Try and enforcing reuse of our electronic appliances. And lastly, recycling our electronic appliances. Thank you so much for sharing this. Do you have any advocacy message that, I mean, a final message that you would like to say to people out there, whether to support you or maybe something to just encourage them about general issue of e-waste pollution? Electronic waste or mainly electronic appliances is really here to stay. It's one of the emerging factors. What is mainly um, needed of us is we need to be mindful of our consumption. That is one. And how we produce most of these electronic appliances. That is also two. And also be really abrace and the usage of our electronic appliances and getting to know the environmental aspect of it when we become mindful of all these um, processes and actually the effect it poses on our health and then the environment it will actually enforce us to do much on it already the harm is is done so we just have to come together to find solutions in solving this problem to prevent the numerous effects it will have in the future generation coming forth perfect thank you so much Agabus. i think i would just like to use this opportunity to also educate people that in ghana we are not 
very good at supporting startups like this. So I plead and I I just beg the government and anyone who sees a good vision and wants to buy into this, please let's invest, let's collaborate and let's come together to solve these kind of issues because we don't have to wait for help from the West or any aid from um, outside to be able to support our own people. If you think this vision is really good and you want to support it, let's do it. Who knows the next technology, the next big technology is going to come from these small companies who start up and just blow off just like that. And so Agabas and his team have really, really interesting ideas and I just want to support them uh, with this platform and let's collaborate with them and help them uh, to achieve their goals in solving this issue within the country, which has not been touched at all. So um, thank you so much, Agabas, for coming on the podcast and actually for making time uh, to have a conversation with me. I really had um, a lot of fun talking to you and for sharing your insights as well. So I look forward to interacting more with you and uh, hopefully we can do something together very soon as well. I hope so. David, I really want to thank you as well for bringing me on board to actually share what you are doing and with Upcycles as an initiative and actually um, throwing more light on the environmental aspect and what we wish to achieve in the future in general. So um, it's really a great honor to be on your podcast as well. Thank you very much. Thank you so much and uh, hope to talk to you soon. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Green Living Chats podcast. This initiative is to educate and create awareness on things that really matter. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments as we get interactive on our social media platforms at Echoamet Solutions on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. If you would like to be part of these conversations, contact us via email at glcpodcasts@echoametsolutions.com or see our contact details in the show notes. See you on the next episode and remember, live green.